Yeah, you know, explain to her just real quick. Ju- just, just when we start off the show, quick. Explain to her that you have seen me out on the town. I have seen him out on the town as a man who travels about. I have seen him out. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. See, I'm talking about. I do know people. I do go out sometimes. It's not. I'm not just. <sighs> the discussion that he does not get out. She says that I don't he go out. Much. He doesn't go out ever. I saw him once in the past like two years out in town. Well, I mean. You live out, so for a comparison, that's, <laughs> you, that's tough, right? Yeah, you can't really compare it almost, because like someone who's like like so like the example is this like she's a bartender, so like. Yeah, but I also go out like on the weekdays, I guess too. Yeah, because technically the weekends are your work. You do the service. <laughs> the service life is like Wednesdays, the day to rage. Yeah. That's why I used to go so hard at McGorry's actually, uh, their wing nights on Wednesdays when I was a cook over at Big Daddy's. That was a hundred percent like my move. Dude, Big Daddy's is great. I haven't eaten there in so long, and now with like you know Corona, I'm not really eating really good New Orleans cuisine. But so what's the what what amount of? Because I'm not up there with you guys. What amount of restaurants and stuff are even open for carryout? Where where are you right now? So I'm on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, um, in a town called Parsonsburg. Nobody's ever heard of. Uh, yeah, no, so I've never heard of it. From yeah, it's a pretty pretty far away from you know all the all the outbreak at at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, are, are all the food, because most of our food places are still open. Yeah, most of our food places are open for takeout, but mm-hmm. they're not open to, like, go in and sit down. Same here. So you could at least get way better delivery food than I get. Absolutely. Like, you got Definitely. people bringing calda. You got, is Greek Street slang and stuff? I, I guess, I don't, does Greek Street still exist? Dude, Yeah. What do you mean? Does it still exist? Yeah, no. Greek, Greek Greek is one hundred percent still there. You know, you know yeah, what's I happened. A lot of love for the guy who owns that place. You know he likes his food because he's a big motherfucker. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I trust that guy. I do. No, it's just it's been it's been really crazy up here because like no one, like for me, like I'll call so like I won't call Calda because like I'm not a big fan of their food. Some what don't you like? I could get into that, but yeah. Go no, on. we can get we can get into <laughs> listen. We can get into anything you want. But right. a girl that I was talking to a while ago ordered a salad one night from there. And I'm not going to name which Calda because it's a franchise. So I'm going to be yeah, nice. And we ordered from Calda and a fucking insect of some kind. Unfortunately, I don't speak insect. So I didn't know. What the fuck? What the fuck? Was that what it was? It, I mean, you want to know fun. something that had more than four legs. Anything more than four legs, oh, it gets me. It gets me like. I'm like. Sorry. If it has less than four legs, I still don't want it in my food. I don't. I don't want any. Listen, I don't want any type of meat in my food or any type of protein that I didn't ask for. Extra protein, I'm not about. You know. No. Oh. Oh Only a Chipotle. That- Chipotle, though. <laughs> I'm all about the extra protein. Which also you used to work at Chipotle, so Damn you're right. a little biased. Yeah. Oh, so, God, so where I'm haven't you? Where haven't you worked? Chipotle for days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so I don't know how much you know, but this this is this is the tits. Oh yeah, welcome to the tits. So I know almost nothing about the the, the cast because I've asked twice and somebody has not told me <laughs> a damn thing. Alex. Well, but. so it's it's just me and Jason. Um, our thing is doing the tits, but he has a production company that he does other podcasts under. So cool. my my production company is CC's BEC and. Uh, mm-hmm. That itself has its own podcast, and then I have like a sports podcast. I have the podcast with Alex. I also have a uh, like a computer tech like tutoring people. 
podcast that we're okay, just starting cool. to launch up soon, which is actually nice. really a lot of fun. So it's going to be crazy, man. Right now, you have to be as, I guess, like inventive and creative as possible in order to like try and succeed right now. I, I don't know. I'm getting lost with trying to figure out how to make money without being that asshole. Like, I can go into Purell and sell it for like $100, $100 a bottle, or I could go into, you know. <laughs> you know, don't go into Purell. <laughs> I mean, listen. People remember people who price gouge during bad times. I can still name restaurants that were charging a lot of money during Sandy. No, you know, and and don't and don't get me wrong. I thought about it. I've been sitting uh, here with a heavy head. I don't know what to do. But it's just like it's crazy. What do you What do you say to somebody who who basically like builds their own job and it's built on people? Like I have a buddy runs a flag football league. What is he gonna do? He can't have anyone play. He owns it. He runs it. It's his. It's his baby. It's his money maker. What is he gonna do? He's got to go out there and now figure out something else. It's just I don't know. It's no. It's tough. I have a ton of friends who are uh, musicians uh, or work in sound production, uh, live events in general, and that industry has just collapsed. And you know, a lot of them have had to come up with creative ways, rocking the side gig super hard, um, doing what you can in the meantime. It's it's kind of crazy. And like, not to say that there wasn't a lot of noise in the podcast sphere already because i mean there is but people find their good mixture um it's odd the things that people get into but once you find it i feel like you you sort of recognize your audience and um at least that's my hope for it it's a little bit pie-eyed and romantic i don't you know there's so much of that like giveaways or just talking about trending things and i feel like that's the that's not really th- this is such a good way to enjoy somebody's personality and get into the the sort of rapport that they do um, it can be very personal, um, so I like it when that's the reason person people have followings. Not so much, you know, like, hey guys, we're talking about Kylie Jenner today. You know, hashtag, like I don't, yeah, I don't give a shit. No, hey, I listen, mean, yeah, we we try to not talk about like main events or like celebrities, but mm-hmm. we do talk a lot of shit about them. I mean, I can't, I can't shut the fuck up about some of the things that I like. Like, like, all right. So, just to talk about one influencer or whatever you want to call it that I think is really trending and is a lot of fun right this Joe second. Rogan. No, 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 no. You're, you're gonna get hear it. woke. Joe Rogan is how like Chads get woke. And God bless him for existing. You know, it's important. Yeah. I love how it's how Chads get woke. I mean, yeah, that's dude. just the best way. <laughs> that's like we should name it. How Chad gets woke. I, I a guy will be like putting up way more weight than you at the gym, and then he'll look over you and be like, "Bro, what do you think about universal basic income?" You know, <laughs> that's how it is, man. It's funny that that exists now. But uh, what I wanted to bring up was is like one of the biggest things I think is really funny is like no one's doing anything right now. So um, I mean, I I, I talk about this with Alex all the time, but today I was just amazed. There was three hundred and fifty thousand people watching Tory Lanes have girls on his live Instagram shake their ass and he would post their cash app and then they were getting paid supposedly so Tory Lanes was funding awesome. funding you know you know single mothers some money and like the things that he had them do today I thought about it I won't lie he had people pouring milk on their ass baby oil Oh my God, milk. Listen, and I look at it this way. Any girl who's going that extra mile to put milk on their floor just for the the gram, just to get that cash app out there, I mean, I get it. Like, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, like, sign me up. (laughs) I mean, I told... I I have been trying to think of inventive ways to make money, and it's really a struggle out here. 
Um, I, I've told Jason this before. I've been thinking of going on Craigslist and selling my feet to like those creepy fetish people. You know what? I told her to be careful. I'm not going to shake my head because (laughs) from what I've heard from a lot of working girls, um, (laughs) I'm not calling you one. I'm just saying is that the niche, the niche market is really your best return customer, um, tend to be the least trouble. I've, I've heard that. Oh my God. So I think you might have a good, are you giving her a one oh one on pimping right now? You're giving her a one oh one on pimping right now. Can't be pimping. It's neon white. Have you ever seen style? Have you ever, this is not pimping. What's that James Franco show where, um, he's two people. Uh, it's it's uh, the deuce it's called the deuce on hbo and the first yeah, the, the first episode the first scene is a pimp who's sitting in the train station and this young girl from georgia just shows up to new york and he's like listen girl i'm gonna teach you how to make how to have the world and like like it's always about the return business you always want the return business and the, you the moment the moment you said that it just i couldn't stop laughing maybe was, i could look into a sideline of doing ho consultancy that yeah, be, yeah, but that's, that's I, but the white collar version of pimping is oh, consultancy. I love and that. You have to call it like escort entertainment, LLC, or something. Like that. Yeah. Oh, Brand. I, I, we don't need a new Epstein. All right. That's oh my all. god. No. We don't. That's too funny. I think like the whole business is struggling too right now though with like the whole no business contact. has got to be struggling. No, yeah, definitely no not. Fans only is blowing up. People with private Snapchats, they're blowing up. I'm telling you, right? Is that where the smut happens? Because I saw the posts go up almost immediately. It was like, get ready to see a lot of your friends that work in the service industry naked on the internet. I mean, that's (laughs) not a joke. That's not a joke. joke. A girl can make more money. Like, I knew a girl who had 10 clients for $100 a pop for her private Snapchat. Like, for a month for a month or like a week membership like you do the math like 10 people 10 a week like that's like not a lot of people you're making a hundred dollars a person like you're you're killing it like some people listen that industry if if you know what you're doing and i mean if you know how to i guess shake the goods you got then hey i mean you can make really good money doing that i wish i was better looking because i would start my own fans only page I wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> I can't lie. Just, just like that six pack. Like it would just, it would just change my life. So I, have a I don't friend. think you, I don't think you need a six pack. Oh, you're so yeah, sweet. The dad bod came in. Dad, really are in. Yeah, dad bod might be in, but that's like we like real men with curves now. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the move. That's it. It's also, it, nobody can go to the gym, so we're about personality these days too. Oh my god, I miss the gym. I, I can't lie, I miss the gym. Me too. I never thought I'd say that, but I do. So, so I have a friend who's kind of been doing what we're talking about um she is she's a dancer she's been sort of a cabaret dancer for a long time um she's also like super smart she's got a doctorate in like feminist theory um she's a sex positive like progressive um dancer and she's been doing mostly naked yoga is what it's called my friend that's amazing and so she's been doing yoga instruction from home um and mostly naked i'm given to understand uh, you have to, like, you know, send her a Patreon or whatever to get access to the class. But people have been really enjoying it and responding well. Um, it's a creative way to do it. And, like, I don't know. And it's, it's funny seeing how people come up with ways to do that. And, like, skin always sells, right? I mean, that's that's why we have a podcast called The Tits, you know? That's true. <laughs> that's it's it's 100% the truth, yeah. Exactly. That was one of the things that, like, I said in the beginning. I was like, The Tits? Oh, it's going to sell immediately. 
first of all, that's false. Oh, she's, she's. I came up with, and Jason was like, eh, uh, like I don't know. It doesn't really seem like. Well, it's we hard. Listen, it's hard. It's it's hard to sell tits to everybody. No, it's not. It's hard to sell tits to everybody. No, it's not. Listen, it's. I would say you get the best share of people because women like tits, and men like tits. Exactly. Gay men still like tits. Gay men I, love tits. What, All my gay friends what, love tits. What demographic could we really point to that we can say with confidence that they don't like tits? Mm, I can't confirm or deny parents, one right now. Parents, housewives, parents. older housewives who are unhappy with how time has affected their bodies. Oh yeah, o- older like housewives with saggy tits hate tits. A hundred percent. I don't want. I don't want. Karen so mean. These poor women. Okay. They don't want what's happening to them to happen to them. It's just first off, it's just nature. You know what I mean? Like if you don't want nature to happen, that's you know completely your fault. I don't know. For me, for me, it is. I just I don't so, know. So <laughs> this might just be happening on my end, but Jay, right? Yeah. Your your video is not coming through. I don't know if that's happening for anybody else. Actually, I can. Yeah, it's okay. It'll it'll go in and out, but Jason will just keep talking. Yeah, no, I always I always just don't shut the fuck up, and it works. No, no, no need to. Yeah, no. I mean, listen. When you have when you have multiple podcast shows like I do, it's because I don't shut the fuck up that I have so many. You know, there's just not there's just <laughs> not enough. The right there's not enough recorded time in the world for me. I guess I don't know. We'll, nice. we'll, fit, we'll, fit, we'll, we'll fit. no dead space, right? That's the first rule of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. That no, the, the the only way to win is to have no dead air. Even if you're just making fart, you know what I mean. Even if you're just making fart noises, <laughs> just anything to clear up space. You Close just. I mean, it would be great to have one of those like shock jock DJ sound booths. You know, it's got like the fart, the cat meowing, like all the different sounds that you can just pepper into the the cast. I mean, one happening. one day, one day I will <laughs> get my own, you know, Howard Stern setup. One day, one mm-hmm. day, and and I will have someone like Baba Booey or some shit just to fucking sit there and fucking press all the buttons and do all right. that shit. I don't think it was there's, a, there's an art to it. You got to know the humor of the guy that you're hearing it. You got to sort of lead the jokes and and know that they're coming. It's it's its own thing for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You can make money doing that. Uh-huh. A, a lot of money. So, what are you doing up in Maryland? Or did you officially like move up there? Or so I've been living in Maryland for. I moved back after December. So I gr- I actually went back to school in New York. I graduated at NYU um, December. Oh, congrats, back. man. Uh, to Maryland, which is where I had been living for a long time with a girl who I was seeing while I was in school. Um, we broke up, and now I'm out on the eastern shore with my friends, which is like right by Ocean City. It's great in the summertime, a little bit of country. It's been an awesome spot for me. And uh, I'm doing commercial glazing estimation now, which... Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa hold on. What is, commercial, what is commercial glazing? Uh, so, you know how donuts have, like, a very thin coat of glaze on them? Yeah, I fucking do. No, I'm fucking lying to you. Glazing is... <laughs> oh, shit, uh, you almost had me. You know what it is? I can't see your face. So, like, I'm oh, right, I'm right. just hanging on every word you say. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so, glazing is the installation of glass. Uh, glass panels, glass doors, storefronts, curtain walls. Um, that kind of work. Okay. So is I it lucrative? Like, is it like, is like, is yeah, it, yeah, it, good it, trade, man. As far as like the work that I've seen done, like if you look at everybody on a job site, glazing is, they're heavy units to lift in, but there's a lot of, you know, it's finer work in a lot of ways. So it's not quite as, uh, 
as tasking on you as some is, but I don't, I don't particularly get out in the field and install very much. Um, I sort of like get drawings, jobs, see what it's going to take to do them. Oh, nice. Um, come up with a price. Yeah. Was that, uh, was that, you know, going to college and that's what you got the job for? Like you went to college and no, this was... So I, I have the weirdest trajectory. I went to school, uh, to study media, the cultural, like the media, the political economy of media production was my stated major. The first time I went to school. It's a fucking NYU. mouthful. Holy shit. Yeah, it's essentially like for what financial reasons does like certain media forms get favored and why are narratives carried by corporations for their own benefit and it gets into self-censorship, how like, you know, if you have a private media industry that benefits from the economy overall and you have a federal government that's beholden to the interests of corporations, they don't need to tell the media what to say because the media and the government have the same agenda. Yeah. So like we're generally under the assumption here that because we have an independent private news system that we're somehow better than countries like, you know, USSR, Russia, where it was all state media. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's it, that perspective doesn't fit to the modern world uh, and what motivates, like, the sort of... You know, you just, you just like, burst a thousand people's bubbles just now. Yeah, no. I, a I, lot I, of people, a lot of people were like, a lot of people were just like, dude, I watch the same shit the communists watch in Russia? For real? I mean, Honestly, in a way, you're like, watching corporate propaganda instead yeah. of state propaganda. I mean, that's generally my takeaway on it. Um, but so anyways, I was studying that. A couple of professors left. My major got denied. And I walked out of a, in a meeting with the administration that I had to study something else. And I'd worked really hard to get back to school. Uh, and a friend called me up, offered me a job in a steel uh, company. And I took that job and was working there by the end of the week. And was working in steel in Long Island City at a place called Rapid Steel Supply uh, for three, four years. Then moved down to Maryland on account of the girl, uh, decided to go back to school, went back to school, but then went back for uh, marketing and advertising, um, which I ended up doing marketing for a startup for a while up until August. Um, and they wanted me to relocate. And my buddy has a glazing company here, and I've got experience in the materials industry. It was a good marriage, man. I, it's, it's nice work that you can put behind you when you get home. And yeah, no, that's always a good that feeling. When people ask you what you do at a party. Uh, you can say one sentence and nobody asks any questions. You can just move on to more interesting conversations. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that's definitely, listen, that's definitely interesting. And as long as you're like, you know, I always say, I always say like you want a job that, you know, gets the gears in your brain moving. And as long as you have something like that every day, like something that like gives you like at least a type of challenge of some kind. Oh, yeah. It keeps... And every day is different, which is awesome. There's real problems, logistical issues that need to get solved. It's not all conceptual. Uh, there's seeing what you've arranged to have built and the finishing of the job. And yeah, I mean, it's it. I, I really do like the job. I know it's very cut and dry, but uh, that's mostly for other people. I could talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, for me, it's hard to talk about computers or technology stuff with people because they don't, you know, understand all of it. So like when people when people ask me what I do I go yeah I'm um I'm like a help IT guy because like that's the best way to describe it because it's just mm -hmm. easy but like yeah. you you say you're fancy like me I say a fancy title they're like oh wow that's really cool but but what do you do right right so you and just you have to get into the nitty gritty I mean the the ultimate of that was with the steel job because I would literally just say oh, I work in steel. And there'd be no questions. Nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> No steel. one cares. And I love no steel. It's amazing. But I know that nobody wants to hear about that. I so. mean, <laughs> people people want to know that it holds Corona for four to five days. Right? Doesn't metal hold steel? Like, doesn't... Dude, I, I think the worst one that came out was that Times piece about how it gets carried on your shoes. 
Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. That sucked. I mean, people walking around with plastic bags on their feet now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, like, so I watched this video that one of my buddies posted. It was like a girl who put like paint, wet paint on her gloves. And then, like, she would show you, like, what it was like when she would move around and stuff and, like, what she would touch. And you'd be shocked where all the bacteria goes. So, like, the first thing I did today when I woke up after I watched that video, I fucking, I hand sanitized, not hand sanitized, but I used one of the fucking, like, Clorox wipes. I wiped my phone down. I was, I was just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been been doing that. I've wiped my phone down quite a bit since this all started. It's just crazy. Um, I couldn't believe it. it's a definite like spot for for germs. These things they will yeah. definitely. I mean, our phone is something we touch every second of every day for the most part, and like we're touching everything else. So the germs are for sure gonna be on your phone. So you gotta wipe that shit. So I have a sort of relatable anecdote about just reading and seeing all the stuff about it and how it can get you worked up. Uh, I was really deep in a rabbit hole on Reddit and reading about like there was a a graph of sort of how patients that get admitted to the hospital fare, what days are important, uh, what steps really kind of affect your chances from there. Um, just getting into the, like the day by day of how this stuff can progress when it progresses. Um, and somebody made this comment about how once you have sepsis and an ammonia, how easily it is to die and like went into a personal story. It was horrifying. And then the the next comment on it was, geez, thanks anxiety fairy. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the humor of that was like, oh, great, I'm fucking wigged out now. Thank you very much. But, like, I feel like we all go through periods of looking into it and then not being able to look at it and then just sort of fluctuating in between those two. Yeah. I mean, I mean for me, like, I have not watched the news because I know it's just same. literally all corona, like, throwing at you every second of every day. Mm-hmm. And that is giving people severe anxiety. And, like, I already have anxiety with everything and, like, yeah. With this situation going on, I don't need to think about it more and, like, be so anxiety-ridden to where, like, I give myself a sickness because I don't want to get sick. Yeah. The only person I've really been listening to uh, on, like, any kind of an update has been Cuomo, of all people, who I have not liked um, for a long time, but just seems to be the only person right now in the public eye who's confident enough to say things like i don't know uh and this is scary and we're trying to save people's lives and just giving numbers and stats in real time he hasn't been lying which is a crazy thing to be thankful for but i don't know i give credit where it's due and his they've been nerve nerve you know unnerving but they've been very informative and it's it's slightly comforting to see somebody taking it seriously taking the advice of experts really trying to attack the oh oh no Looks like we got cut out for a second, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to fix that. Hold on. What do you mean? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are live. That was my fault. Fuck. You know, sometimes I just get lost in the sauce. And when I realized that you two were gone, I was the saddest human being on the fucking planet. Super sad. But now that we're back, I feel a lot better. I feel so much better now that we're here. Um, So I got a question. If this lasts longer than expected right let's say it lasts longer than expected what what do we think is going to be like uh, the ignition or like the spark that's going to bounce back not only the economy but like the way that people are going to be towards another another person like not only let's just let's just stand on principle here not only are we dealing with a bunch of people that are angry from not being able to have sex for so long because they're quarantined by themselves 
but like <clears throat> hateful, angry sex mom girls that don't have a job and are in neck piles of debt. Like, what's going to happen? Because first off, the first person that does a function of some kind, no one's going to show up. Oh, I think people will. I, I mean, think people they will. are so ready for it. I mean, um, I, I think as soon as they're allowed to, I think what's realistically going to happen is that things will ease. Um, people will go back to congregating, and we will have another flare. Yeah, and I agree. I that, agree. That kind of back and forth will go on for some time, and I think could even have more more damaging effects than we realize. The whole, oh, we can do it again. No, we can't. That's sort of a neurotic uh, headspace for people to be in when you think about like expressing uh, proximity and intimacy and, and just the way that people interact in public. You but know? it's going to yeah. be like, now the conversation is going to be like, uh, do you have anything? And then like, do you have the Rona? Like all of a sudden, like Rona got added to like STDs and like AIDS. Oh, and like, no, I, it's going to be the opposite. I feel like the people who will be most free will be those who have had an antibody uh, test yeah, and know that they've had it and know that they're not shedding it. Um, once you have that, you've got your ticket back to the world. Yeah. But and, so, but isn't yeah. that considered like, okay, so hold on. So you're saying essentially like once you get the vaccine, right? No, no, no. So what we need no. is an antibody test to develop uh, the knowledge of who's had Because so many people experience this asymptomatically and so many people have mild symptoms that they weren't sure was it because they've been trying to keep people from testing and going into hospitals unless they really need the care. So we don't know how many people have had it and are done with it, resolved, and have antibodies now in their body that keep them from being infected again and also from shedding it. And once you've had it resolved and are no longer shedding it by, you know, what we know now, because we don't know if you get it again, and that's yet to be seen because this started existing. We, there actually have been people that have there's gotten been, it twice Yeah, already. there's been evidence of that. But the, the most notable, like, study on that came out of South Korea. And if you read the report, um, it, it does say that the people don't – there's very little evidence to suggest that they begin actively shedding it again. Yeah. Um, which is really the problem. Uh, so, you know, but once you've, once you've got to that point and New York actually is forefronting the test, uh, right now, they said like early to late May, um, that would be, I think the thing that gets, you know, it's your ticket to the world. It's sort of what I've been waiting for. Um, the two things I've been telling myself are, I, you know, I can't wait to have my ticket to the world again to get through it because odds are most of us will get it. Um, and I'm nervous for, uh, when it's my turn to spin the wheel of how it affects me. And that's, those are essentially the two. I mean, I, I'm still I'm still sitting very very comfortable in the fact that I'm still young, and even even with precursors like smoking or having pneumonia multiple times when I was younger, like all these yeah. things that that for me personally with my personal you know history, I have this feeling and I just don't know why, but it is definitely something that you might just have, and if something else is in your body fucking you. Of some kind, like liver failure or kidney failure or something else. This disease, this virus or whatever it is, it's attacking that opportunity. And that's what's spiraling these people into such a terrible fucking plague. And maybe it's just that all these people that are unfortunately, you know, God rest their souls, dying. But I'm assuming that all these people are having issues that, you know are being piggybacked on top of this. And it's not just like someone, at least what I heard today, literally from someone just before we started podcasting, they told me that their friend works in a hospital and that someone died the other day of a blood clot. But they are accusing corona of being the actual reason for their death. Not the blood clot per se. The blood clot killed them, but they had corona. You get what I'm saying? So they're using... I do. 
they're using that as a corona death to get the so federal the thing, grant money. So the thing about it is, look, like we'll never do service to how many people actually suffer and die because of this, because something that will never show up in the stats is the amount of preventative care uh, that isn't being done right now. And preventative care saves lives and stops diseases from killing people, and it's not happening. I know people who, who literally have life-threatening conditions, brain tumors, who can't get treatment right now because of what's going on with corona. So that number will never show up. And as far as like, you know, getting the numbers right and getting the federal money, that's not so much my worry. Uh, the one thing I would add to just, there are a lot of cases of young and healthy people who succumb to this. I mean, it's not yeah, the majority was, of cases, but it is, it's prevalent enough to, I mean, I wouldn't ever want somebody to just like go through this unnecessarily, but like. Yeah, but the younger I, I people. It gives you a helpful point of view when you don't exclude yourself from the people who are at risk. But it allows you to to take it seriously as you should. But are you agreeing that the younger population that is getting sick, these are the people that are smoking the jewels, these are the people that are the heavy smokers for no, 10 years? not necessarily. Not always, no. Okay, I mean... A bunch of nurses that are in my family and friends that, I, that are in hospitals, and they are having people in their 30s and under come in with no underlying conditions, no smoking and nothing, and they have really severe cases, and sometimes they're dying. That's so crazy. we really don't, we can't say that just because you have an underlying health issue that you're going to die or like you're more likely to get it. It's not, it's not picking and choosing what body it wants to like destroy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unnerving. I mean, look, Boris Johnson, the, the prime minister of the UK right now is in intensive care. Um, if you look at the stats on being admitted to intensive care right now, uh, as soon as you go on a ventilator, your chances of survival are 50-50. Um, yeah. That man is receiving the best care in the world. And there's no guarantee that they'll be able to save him. I, I think there is an element of this that we do not yet understand at all. What and kind of element? What do you mean? It's just the nature of how this works, what mm. it takes from the body, what it takes to keep the body healthy enough to fight it. Are some bodies just unable to fight it? It's a totally new disease that nobody's ever had to deal with before. Um, you know, I, I'm not an epidemiologist. I, I'm not the kind of people who can speak really concisely about this, but the overall feeling that I am seeing from healthcare professionals is that they feel like they don't have what they need to fight this. They feel a lack of information and familiarity that they are unused to, and that sort of helplessness thrown into the everyday tragedies that they're seeing is an incredibly frustrating uh, sort of burnout situation. Um, yeah. I think the, the fear comes more from the shedding aspect. I think that that's what, like, I think we can all agree that it's the people that don't know that they're a carrier, and that's the those are the people that are the issue, because they're walking around with no symptoms. They're just walking around with no symptoms. They have no idea. Obviously, they're not hurting anybody because, obviously, the people that they're infecting or they're coming across aren't symptomatic yet. If it takes 14 days for some people or whatever, I, I don't know. It's just that to me is the horror. That's the that's the scary part. Like to be the one who brings Corona into your home, or to be the one that's really you know hurting someone in your family, or a person that you work with, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. It's yeah, just, no, absolutely. I don't know it's just weird. I think, I think it's the fact that certain people are being ignorant about it and like don't take it seriously and are just still going out and hanging out with people and yeah they are the ones that are gonna 
be like asymptomatic and give it to other people and like their family members and grandparents and people that they can actually hurt and they're not paying attention to like why everyone's saying stay inside why everyone's saying like don't hang out in groups of people because this is the reason why it's getting so bad and people are terrified because they don't know what's going to happen they don't know if they get it if it's going to be bad or if they're not going to get symptoms and there's nothing right now that can like alleviate the virus like that can help your symptoms at all Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a wetness right it's a wetness in the lungs but zinc is that's just a pretty common antiviral yeah well there is there is um a mixture that they've been saying has worked in certain cases um it's a malaria medication uh zithromax and something else that i can't pronounce but there's like three regular medications that they're making a cocktail and like it's helping certain people but they can't say they don't know that it's helping them because only certain people are getting better and they don't know if that's so this is where the, like dr well, it's Fauci, alleviating their symptoms quicker yeah. is what they're saying and i guess like our i think this is why there's been pushback and str- struggles between fauci and trump um and why he has been first of all the the, the way that the president's been speaking about uh chloronique oxychloronique or chloroquine, oxychloroquine is the anti-malaria drug that we're talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I bought um, some. I got some. I got some malaria medication. Outspo- yeah, he's been very outspoken about it, with almost no evidence to suggest that it's really the part of it that helps. Um, and it's just coming to light now that he has financial ties and has spoken with the main manufacturer of that drug, going back as far as 2016, 2017. Um, and that's really not a surprise, for, I think, for a lot of people. Um, but what what the pushback is is that there's no substantive data set which really says that that drug is helpful it could all be incidental at the rates that it's you know supposedly showing improvement for people those people could be improving for different reasons it's not happening across the board um and it is a powerful drug it's very like you know i heard it described from a doctor it's lethal dose and it's healthy dose are very near to one another yeah um so in in the case of a pandemic where people are going to seek out any miracle cure and this yeah, stuff is available in non it's it's available in non-human um, consumption like you can get it for koi ponds a couple killed themselves or a woman's husband killed himself accidentally and she ended up in the hospital for taking a koi pond version of uh, oxychloroquine and it's it's not the kind of thing that you don't just use your people as as test tubes yeah um, especially pigs. yeah and if it were that miracle drug obviously we would be using it but since that isn't forthcoming um, and doctors are pushing back from it. You have to. I mean, hope is a beautiful thing, but when you get when you use hope and ideals, and you don't listen to experts, it's how you get into the situation we're in. We hoped it wouldn't come here. We didn't yeah. do anything to keep that from happening. And that naivety is it's going to cost thousands. Yeah. And thousands At this point, more. it's like desperation for just trying to ease the fact that people are panicking. So what? The best thing is just to lock some answer and some like. They want to give them something to, like, believe in and something that it's going to, like, be better and it's going to be okay. And, like, there's something out there that can fix them. So, so what's I the- had a – I saw a, my buddy wrote a – he wrote a paper about how he hated the movie um, – God, what is it with the space cowboy? Tony, what was the name of that? Oh, he's got his music really loud. He's right behind me. Um, it's got All Right, All Right, All Right guy in it. McConaughey? McConaughey. And, yeah. No, not Days and Confused. We're talking about uh, Quantum Entanglement. What's that movie? Interstellar. 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 Oh, great fucking movie. That dude goes... Nobody hated it. He wrote a fucking paper about how much he hated it. But 
his his main gripe with it was the lack of science in the solution that saved humanity, and that there's always this movie trope that at the last moment, you know, right before the orcs break through at Helm's Deep, or right before humanity's extinguished, there's this miracle aha moment which nobody did any fucking thing to conjure or, or cause. It's this human belief that through some intrepid spirit or miracle, like we'll all be saved. It's just gonna and be it's safe. so human. Yeah. It's so human. But the truth of it is, you a lot of these fights are tough and they need to be handled by the people and information that you have and experts. And the idea that you can like the world will just discover a technology that helps climate change is not gonna fucking happen. It takes incremental change, it takes steps, it takes work. Um, and I think that the hope that there's this miracle drug that already exists, ready for wide distribution, that'll save everybody, it's, it's not a part of the human spirit that I don't want to exist, but it's one that we have to be cautious of. Because you can walk yourself into a corner and have no way out. I think we're already yeah, in that so corner. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think right now they are saying, like, you know, they're not giving the drug to everybody. It's not a definitive answer for this virus. But they are saying for the people that are on ventilators that they know that they can't save, it's almost a last-ditch effort because mm -hmm. they're going to die anyway. So they're right. going to try on them, for, unfortunately, like these things that could possibly save them. Have you guys seen the, the, the broadcast from France um, of doctors suggesting that any possible cures be used on African patients? That's happening yeah. today. Shut the fuck yeah. up. No way. In France. Uh, more than one doctor in France yeah. has suggested that. And I think somebody in the UK has as well. Uh, there are people in Europe who are, are totally comfortable saying, oh, yeah, we should use people in Africa. Like, it's it's horrifying. But, I mean, look at look at the time we are. Look at the – there's a strong strain of extreme uh, right-wing nationalism that is not just in this country but global. Um, and it's pretty remarkable to see it manifest in the public view like that. Yeah, and the fact that something like a virus should be – almost like bringing everybody together because it's worldwide we're kind of supposed to be like, separate right, well, this one group of people we could just throw under the bus and like use them as guinea pigs and they'll save the rest of us which like, which is actually that thinking is what got us in this situation the entire world has been happy exactly. to have all the evils of global capitalism be swept under the rug of china and the problems have always been over there and they don't affect us over here what happens over there doesn't happen over here that's not a big deal well this is a fucking strong point to the opposite of that. Well, I the mean, problems yeah, of the I world totally are the problems of the world. If there's a place in this, in this, on this earth, that's so bad, where people need to rely on wilderness farming and open wet markets to make a living, subsisting in that fashion with populations of this size, this is what you get. And you know, I, I think it should be. I don't. Unfortunately, given the fear and the people taking hold, what's the? Uh, there's a term for when you take advantage of a, a disaster situation. A shock narrative, I think is what it's called. Uh, the people who are sinking in for a shock narrative here and getting what they want out of it, regardless of who caused it or who made it worse, is remarkable. And I, I unfortunately don't think we will have that enlightened moment of realizing that there is a humanity um, and a connectedness that we need to be more mindful of. I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm, getting, a little, uh, I'm getting a little worried. Oh, all right. I thought I lost you guys. No, she she actually looks kind of dope. She looks like she's meditating. She yeah. looks like she's she looking. Like about to go super saiyan. Yeah, right. She's gonna go super saiyan. I don't know, man. It, it's um, it's really, it's really been freaky. It's definitely not the um, 
Like me, and you can ask Alice. Alex, she'll agree with me. I'm the most petty fucker alive. When I found out three weeks ago that I couldn't go to the gym, I started fucking crying. Literally every day I would be texting her. I'd be like, I just want to work out, man. Like, this is bullshit. What the fuck? And like me, I realize now, like after three weeks, like I'm blessed. Like I'm healthy. My mother's healthy. No one that I know truly is in any grave danger. The only thing we have to do is really stick inside. But the problem is I need to pay my bills. And if my company is telling me, hey, you're doing whatever this company, you know, you're contracted to this company and you got to work if they're working. Hey, you got to go in and work in the office. Okay, no problem. Like, I have no choice. I mean, it, it makes it difficult because I'm one of those people that's, you know, lugging around from Nassau County to Suffolk County. I, see, I'm in I'm in the category of essential workers as well here. Um, it's, it's weird. We tried to shut down. Because we were able to pay our guys. We were lucky enough to be in a position where we're going to keep paying our guys and have the doors closed. And because our governor hasn't decided that construction should cease in any case, even though they've put warnings out for 50, 100, whatever people, um, we had big contractors like Whiting and Turner threaten to pull our contract. We were essentially legally forced to reopen our doors and bring people back into a dangerous work environment. Like, it's not an option for us to shut down. Which is a problem with corporations because... The thought process behind it is absurd. Like the fact that you are not willing to close down for a but little while money, and stop putting people at risk. It's just it makes no sense. Like but, you're, but you're it, putting everybody in danger. But it's money. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but that guy has to make money. He has one hundred and fifty thousand employees. He's got to make sure that they get paid. But, yeah, like, but he also has to understand that we all need money. Like we all aren't working right now. I mean, listen, I 100% understand both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. All, all I'm saying is, is like most people, like, 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 for example, I worked for, I worked for a guy who had a business for 40 fucking years and he worked every day, sun up to sundown, seven days a week. He didn't get to enjoy his family, blah, blah, blah. Corona came and he had to close his fucking doors because he wasn't going to get people coming into the business. Because he couldn't afford to pay everybody and keep the doors closed. So what what does he do? He keeps the doors open a couple days. He gets a tenth of the business that he needs in order to survive, to pay the rent in New York, this and that. Like, I don't know. It's just what they're asking people to do. I look at it this way. If you're going to ask a bunch of people, if you're going to ask New Yorkers, let's just start in New York. If you're going to ask New Yorkers to shut down the engines and to stop moving and to stop the rustle and bustle, like you have to you have to suspend certain things like don't charge us to use our phones give us free phone service i mean i hate to say it but like Absolutely. do do but the so the, the response is you start nationalizing essential industries that's what you have to do and it's what our administration would never do because they i mean they're well, first tr- trump would never do that because we want to make money <laughs> Well, well, but making money is not really the point. It's about who calls the shots and who gives the advice over there. Yeah. I mean, you saw it day one with their press conferences. They were touting how Walmart, Rite Aid, uh, th- these large companies, CEOs were standing up there. They were going to be the thing. The, the free market was going to swoop in and, and make this not a problem here. It was a problem everywhere else, but the free market was going to be unleashed. This is their dogmatic belief. And it, it was it, thin air didn't happen because nothing happens unless anybody gets paid and there are things that need to fucking happen and some people need to work right now and some people don't but everybody has to live and our our society is not based on a base level where everybody has to live and 
we need to reckon with that right now because that that portion of people who are at risk for dying is now way larger than it's ever been. Yeah, but we've also we've also been living in a world where economists, people, everybody have been talking about how we're overpopulated, especially in China, especially in the United States. In certain areas of the world, we are so overpopulated that it's almost I mean it's almost an interesting, you know, turn of events that all of a sudden we have. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. I'm really sorry. <coughs> a little something, a little something caught in my throat. Um, I uh, just, just imagine, you know, all these people for the last five to ten years talking about how there are so many people in the world that it's making it difficult for us to survive. And there's so many people that we don't know how to survive. Is that, is that the basis of that? So evaluate the term that the world is overpopulated. Now, we know that world hunger exists, but we also know that world hunger only exists as a problem of distribution. There's plenty of food. Oh, no, no, it no. Just I... doesn't, it just, so, but then what does overpopulated mean? Overpopulated is a reflection of the fact that we've come to a point where capital, money, is way more important than labor. And labor and the rate of labor, the value of labor, inexorably becomes linked to our valuation of human life. And so we've built an economy that now doesn't need people, doesn't serve people. And that's what we're reckoning with right now. We're, we're sacrificing people because, oh, it's, we're overpopulated. We have too many people. We don't have too many people. We don't have enough jobs. We have an economy that doesn't provide for everybody and only provides for some. We could sustain this amount of life. It wouldn't be overpopulation if there weren't abject poverty, the problems that come with inequitable distribution. But with governments, paradise, the, the whole... No, 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 no. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but that's mm -hmm. also something that, again, me and you, it's above our pay grade. We don't actually get to call the shots on how that's going to oh, work give out. give me that job, I'll knock it out of the park. Oh, no, and I, I guarantee <laughs> I guarantee that if you I had that... I no, I guarantee that if you had that job, you would fucking kill it. And that's not the that's not what I'm questioning here. I'm questioning it is that like if companies that are in charge are saying that there's overpopulation and in order for our economy to work at a fucking perfect aspect, there wasn't so many people because we can't for some reason, we're all t led to believe that there's not enough for everybody. And but that's the thing is that we're led to believe that. No, like, but the point is, why can't we be led to believe that this isn't something that's being done out of a sheer accident? That maybe it's something that's being used against oh, us. I, I hear People that. Are I, I, selfish, you can get into, you can get into the who did, but who, it's like qui bono, like who benefits. Obviously, it's going to lead you to thinking like who caused it. Um, but think about what we've been convinced that there are too many people. No, but for and years. Not, and not that there are not enough jobs. I mean, your choice is right there. Are there too many people or do we have an economy that doesn't work for everybody? No, but it's it, yeah. it, my problem is this. I mm -hmm. can lose my job, right? I can go on unemployment and then get paid a fraction of that money from someone else who works 10 times harder than me. Yeah. How is that fucking... So, but how is that fucking reasonable? Cause, because that... Yeah, the but world was a power grab for years. Nation states existed. People grabbed resources. And what nobody wants and why nationalism still exists is because people know they have it better in some places, and they don't want that to change. Because really, when you're looking at like a fair, equitable global economy, it would mean that my labor is worth the same as a worker in China's with the same amount of training and skills. And people aren't willing to... They're literally... They're willing we are, to give we're letting the, the value of all labor decrease by not bringing up our brothers. Like, we exported jobs to China, but we didn't export the rate that they get paid, the protections that come with the job. We, we did a, a shysty deal so we could keep more of the money and they could do most of the work. 
I think it's biting us in the so ass. Many, so many of us. It is. Anybody that's anybody that's higher up, anybody that is a CEO or something involved in a corporation or the government, like they're looking out for themselves. They make they make you think that they're looking out for everybody and that they're giving people jobs and they're sharing the wealth, but realistically, like they are looking out for themselves and they're not willing to bring somebody else from the bottom up with them. Right. I mean, like trickle down economics is a total fantasy. It doesn't exist. This is getting very it socialist, is. by the way, which I'm comfortable with. I, I you want to know something? I fucking love this conversation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain <laughs> why. It really sheds a light on that there's more to play. There's more at play here than just the coronavirus. It's obviously showing oh, yeah. that it's not affecting. It's not affecting just the way people are living. It's not affecting just our economy. It's not, now it's changing our mentality. Like the norm that we're seeing is people going into a park with gloves and a mask on. Like I just realized today, oh my God, I can drive around with a mask on my face, not get pulled over, and I can go, you know, knock over a liquor store. And I won't get... I had the same... I put a mask on, and I put gloves on, I went to the grocery store, and I was like, God, it feels like I'm about to rob this place. Yeah, exactly. I had a bandana over my face, and I was like, do people think I'm going to rob the... No, it's... Now? But no, everybody looks the it's, same. It's the fucking masks, norm. And they're all wearing gloves. Like, you, you can look crazy right now, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. And, and I mean, we're not even gonna dial in on what you what you mean by when you say crazy. I've seen people put on fucking plastic bag over their fucking head yes. and, and walk around like what? Now, yeah. now we were talking about this the other day, me and Alex. The mask doesn't do shit unless you're sick. So there's a the mask is most important for people who are sick. The other masks can impact. Filtration is not what most of them do. The only thing that filters is an N95. Um, and those are in short supply right now. Everything else sort of works as a muffler. And there's a there's a good graphic online. It shows the heat of like moisture, air moisture and vapor that comes off a person when they talk, cough, sneeze and whatever. And that spread, which is I think people have been saying six feet, a sneeze can go like 20 feet. But when you have a mask on, the area is like two feet to three feet. And that, when you talk about people who are close together, areas like New York where it's really the most difficult, that is a measurable impact that that will have. I mean, it's um, definitely another layer of protection, but it's not a guarantee that you are you can't get it because you have that on. Well, I mean, look at the – there's there are racial motivators for why the CDC held off as long as they did to recommend using the masks. And it came from up top. And the sentiment was, you know, at least in the current administration and in many political circles, I'm not actually trying to just finger the president for this one. And I don't. You know totally are trying to finger the president. The president. <laughs> yeah, you are I, totally I, fingering I, the president I, right now. Um, is that the idea of wearing a mask in public is Chinese? It's Asian. We're not like that. We're a Western world. We're a cleaner world. We're not dirty like they are. We don't need masks. That was that was a huge part of us not using them sooner. That's yeah, ridiculous. That's true. I mean, but, it's you know, it's kind of funny. With us thinking that way is that in China, if you think about, like, the way they live, they are all so close together. There's, like, thousands of guys. It's, it's like New York City times 10. There's thousands of people passing each other each and every day. And, well, and there's, there's experience such close quarters, in that. There's experience so they wear, in that. Yeah. And should follow that. And they they just reopened, what is it, wet? Wet like mark wet market and people it started to flare up again and people are getting sick again 
So, like, are they smart or are they stupid? Like, so here's there's, the, they're doing certain things to protect themselves, but then they're doing things like reopening the wet market, which is how this started in the first place. Apparently. So the wet market is not just a small thing. It would be like putting a large – So to, and this was actually explained to me by my roommate, Tony. Wet markets exist because a large part of the Chinese development plan – they have so many people who live rural existence, uh, subsistence farmers who – Go out. There's no marketable skill for them, right? They they don't have anything to do. They're peasants, I guess you could think of in terms yeah. of how the government thinks of them and their usefulness. I would never. They have to be innovative with like how they're making money, basically. So one of their large solutions for the structure of their economy is that people at that bottom level, they go out and they harvest bats or uh, pangolins or these rare meats, these wild animals, and they offer them for sale at a market. It's not a small amount of people who do that, and they don't have. A structure or a solution to that right now they're reopening them because these people will protest riot starve whatever i mean i don't think they're concerned about starving i think they're concerned about unrest um can you just open they, the fucking thing he's talking what's that no she was clicking that thing for like 40 seconds i was just like wanna... i'm listening now i'm you sorry wanna... you don't want to break a nail on your white claw we've all been there <laughs> we actually have started growing out my fingernails on this hand so I could play fingerstyle guitar. I, don't and I realized I choice. almost broke a nail the other day, and I've never said, like, ah, oh, shit, I broke a nail. And I, I was just realized I'm now at risk for saying that sentence. I'd be like, ah, oh, shit, I broke a nail. I'm I've said it before. I'm just going to run out of a bush, steal my man card, and never give it back. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something. Um, the fact that, obviously, they needed to reopen certain things because there's such a wide range people that I oh, no. were in you oh, know no. when this goes, uh, Shoelace, you're gonna have to restate this question. Yeah. Oh my god. Yo, you hear that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hold on. Alex, can you hear us? Alex. Hello? Uh oh. She'll reset. She'll reset. They It'll be the, fine. They got the five G blocker in front no, of No, you, you you know what it is? You have to turn it off and turn it back on again. That's that's my that's my IT one on one help Wait. right there. Your connection is now better. Your connection is so much better. Okay. You moved from okay. a spot that was perfect to a spot that's spotty in your okay. home. Well, I'm back. So, all right, my question is the fact that China obviously started to reopen essential things for their economy as the wet market is for so many yeah. people. For us, like, we are also in a similar situation where there's so many businesses closed and so many people out of work. Are we going to come to that situation where we start rioting and freaking out that we're not working and, like, do, you know, making money? Is that going to be the case here? What, what I have thought would be the case if that were the way of it, talking widespread rioting, like a real upheaval here, which is not uh, outside of the imaginable right now, in my opinion, is that... Right now, we are seeing this outbreak on the scale that we are in New York. It is the best prepared state, best funded state, best organized, best informed state. And that is how they are dealing with it. And we are getting through it. And unfortunately, in our lives, I mean, I can't even say we for this, but in our lives, you know, the three of us have been through 9-11 and Sandy. And we know what New York tough means. And we've seen how everybody comes together and gets through it. And it's a hell of a place to be from. And I don't know that every place has the cultural... Uh, traits that we that New York does. Oh, definitely. Now, no, that's a, 100%. Imagine a city like Baltimore with terrible problems already. Um, no funding. Not good planning. What if an outbreak like that happens there? 
I think it is the less prepared, less moneyed cities and real outbreaks there that pose the greatest risk for incidents that could spark nationwide. Because this is the thing, everybody's mad. And as soon as you see somebody expressing that in a way that you can relate to, and you see them mistreated as they often are, people who protest, I've protested my whole life, terrible things happen. I think there's a real chance for a for a spark moment that would be extremely destabilizing in this country. Um, I, I think it's a very real po- possibility. I mean, that would be definitely scary. I would not want to be a part of any type of rioting or be a part of any of that. That is a uh, that's a <clears throat> and most people wouldn't be. But that's a scary thought, man. Would, many people would support the notion, and that's that plus. I mean, it, I think it only takes like ten to fifteen percent of a population for overthrow. Yeah, not the ratio also, you think. And also, I think in this situation, like with obviously the virus is a huge issue, but. I think a lot of people now are more scared about the aftermath of this and like the economic flaws that we have in our system and how everything is going to go after we get out of this. Yeah, it's a total reimagining of our society, the truths that we think it's based on, the dogma, the the, the rhetoric, it's fallen short. It's fallen well short. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people are having that moment and I don't think you know, I, I've taken a, a media activism class that described the last 10 years, everything since Occupy Wall Street, has not been a separated movement. It's been a growing consciousness. I mean, Wall Street, uh, Occupy Wall Street, OWS, was the first time that we as Americans spoke about class. Class is the verboten subject in this country. And class consciousness has risen since then. In every political viewpoint it has. And now we're seeing how the people at the lower end of the, the class scale are being treated and sacrificed the illusion is gone the trust in institutions is gone the you know sterling report card which was never sterling but was believed to be is it's tarnished i don't know how you come back to trusting these institutions i don't know how you come back to a viewpoint of you know it would have to get so bad and this is very possible it would have to get so bad that a return to normalcy and brokenness somehow becomes palatable again. But right now, I think people are seething. I think they're angry. And, uh, you know, we had a we had a world ripe for unrest before this happened. You know, if you were paying attention, there were global protests happening everywhere leading up to this yeah. pandemic. I mean, doesn't it, it all, doesn't it, it all feel... Com, it was not a comp pot that we're, that we're tossing this into. But doesn't it feel I, like this was all... Pre- doesn't it feel planned to some degree? I mean, look at it from a grand scheme of things. You had so many people that were outraged, so much going on in other parts of the world that were truly changing everything. I, I, what could totally change... I totally hear what you're, like, what you're tempting there. I mean, what I'm insinuating. And I'm fucking... There. Yeah, yeah, what I'm there. I, and I'm there with you. But I guess this is a lesson I actually learned from 9-11. And it is that pointing that finger becomes unimportant. The, the question you can say now and the question you can take forward and never have anybody be like, oh, you know, it was an inside job, oh, you're crazy, is just asking the question of, is it okay for when our systems fail us, fail to protect us, that we lose twice? Because on 9-11, we lost 3,000-some-odd New Yorkers and we lost a shitload of civil rights. Why would we reward the people who promised to protect us with the control and powers they wanted when they weren't protecting us? So you don't have to ask, oh, doesn't it feel like somebody did this? You can just look at the way the world is structured, how people in power are benefiting while poor people are dying, and just say right there, 
this is a wrong system. I mean, it, for whoever <clears throat> caused it. I'm just afraid. Look what everybody's running out of the bank with. I'm and I'm afraid, people, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid because the thing that I think of next is I, I'm not a big vaccine guy. Like I don't get the flu shot. I don't I don't go and 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 fall into like the the constant medication that they give people when you're not feeling you're not in a risk category so you wouldn't have to be the, the person who gets all the vaccines no, but are what, you an anti-vaxxer do you but, but you what like happens you know? but what happens when like you just said we use 911 to lose some civil rights what happens if they start saying that you can't travel you can't leave the state you can't they're, leave the country without they're already, getting they're already travel doing that. without a vaccine without a vaccine Travel and assembly are absolutely on the chopping block of things we could lose freedom of. We're going to lose freedom with, of a lot, man. Like, and, people and, don't there see are that. Other countries, you're not allowed to travel to some countries without malaria drugs already. No, no. and, and so That's and, not a huge difference. It only becomes if access, to the, if access to the vaccines you need to travel are within state control, not readily available, expensive, if there's roadblocks to people getting them. That's when you, when you really start controlling people's behavior. But uh, that's but that that's what that's, this is looking yeah. like. I mean, let's be honest. We're only a couple steps away from a type of martial law. And you can't. We even, are under martial law right now. I, I mean, mean we, I, the argument could be made that we live in a martial in like a police state. We've let that spiral to the point that it's at. But you know? but but we can agree right now, me and you. If you, if we're agreeing that it's almost a martial law, you can agree that we're almost a couple closer steps to losing the right to travel out of state without being vaccined and checked, without a bunch of things happening. <laughs> this whole entire pandemic, it might be something as a precursor or maybe a uh, a tester something to feel out how the american populace or the world populace is going to handle something like this there are certain countries at least from what i've heard i have a buddy who wanted to go and see his children in baghdad or pakistan i don't remember which one he can't travel there because they have so, a ban but my my point is it it is that it is that whether it was caused by anybody or not Right now, there are existing interests for, you know, increased measures of control on people's travel, communication, assembly. They don't need to have caused it to still have their agenda. So what we need to be doing, other than, because I think, I think the idea that there is some, you know, the Bilderberg group, blah, 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 not blah, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. That peters out into nothing. But what seeing the actual people making the grabs are and calling them out for what they are that's actively resisting it it's fighting against the people that you can fight against it's not losing credibility and insinuation that you can't prove so my recommendation is regard and i'm happy to talk about what is and what isn't possible in terms of who would be responsible is just to remind people that there doesn't have to be an answer to that question without an effective means of fighting against the results that we don't want to have happen and that's just being a watchdog. It's being an active citizen. It's calling out things when they're happening. It's coming out of tribalistic thinking and realizing that regardless of whether we see a Trump presidency, a Biden pres presidency, I'm beyond even hoping for a Biden presidency, which would be amazing, in my opinion. Uh, uh, regardless uh, uh. of that, whoever's in that driver's seat come 2020 will have the reasonable argument to make for a massive power grab. And it doesn't look good on either side. I mean, so whether you are a Republican or a Democrat, you need to be ready to riot come 2020 and when these measures end up hitting a voting floor. But we'll be that we'll is be the only way. But we'll be honest. Statistics and analysis analysis has shown that any president within a crisis of their first four year term has usually served the second term consecutively.
Just if they do it the we'll right see. way, though, because but, but how much right of what, now it's not looking good. Right, and how much of what already exists in this world, like, dude, there's upsets. People don't really know what's going to I don't think anybody really knows, unless they're fixing the vote, which, frankly, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that they have been. That's why we have this pathetic President Biden, who's delirious and so outdated and centrist and never going to win. Uh, running against who is the most attackable Trump that he's ever been. Imagine Bernie debating Trump right now. Trump would have nothing to stand on. He would be demolished. Everything that Bernie's been running on for the last 30 years has panned out. It's all there. I mean, listen, Bernie speaks the truth. I give you you props on that. That's 100% true. But we can all be completely honest. We have to go with how the numbers work and how things are. Bush got his second term because we were dealing with 9-11. We can agree on that. Bush got his second 100%. term because of that. But that's, but Trump, that's what he's saying. It's like when something happens. Oh, uh, here it goes again. We have to break that cycle. We have to break that cycle. I, I mean, I really hope I really hope we do. It's, it's, it's definitely... It's a hot button. It's a hot button issue. It's definitely a topic that I just don't, you know, I want to sink my teeth into much longer. But it's just like it, it gives me agita. Like right now, like I want to stand up and go get a Tums. Like I just like. Well, and that's what makes it so hard. It's hard to keep up with. So, like we beat net neutrality rules like three times before we lost net neutrality. I mean, do you know how fucking and crazy you need that to be would resilient. be? Resilient. You, you know have how to crazy fight, this fight every day. You have to stay on top of these people because if there's money on the table to restrict our freedoms, and there is, that money will always be on the table. I mean, imagine that today, restriction. going to come back in a year. Somebody's going to try and get another politician to pass it. It's exhausting. And until we form some kind of, a, and I think there should be, there should be more moratoriums on voting for things. So, like, after we voted down net neutrality, we should have had a 10-year moratorium where that wasn't going to come up for vote again. We currently don't have that system. Some get shot down, it's back in a different color suit the next day. And the the amount of attentiveness that that requires from a population, and given that we're intentionally misled by our corporate media, it's a really staggering thing to ask of people. But it's what we need. We need to be more vigilant. Well, I think that's the scary thing about like the media and the news and everything, is that like people are so willing to just look at what people are telling them and believe it. And they're not questioning anything and they're not willing to look into it and like read, uh, read things or, you know, dive deeper into like society and everything going on. They're just looking at it and being like, okay, well, if they're telling me that, then it must be true. I think that's, you get this tribalism. Like we're in a tribalistic moment. Uh, There's this right left dynamic that's never been more voracious. Um, People just want their team to win. And their idea of a team is half of Americans, either a Republican or a Democrat, right? I think tribalism is the lazy, simple answer to not being overwhelmed by all of the information that's available to you and being fully aware of how much you need to be aware of. The, the simple solution to that is just give me my set of opinions, give me my team, I will fight for my team. And the irony of that, of course, is that nobody has more in common with one another. Nobody has more in common with a Republican senator than a Democratic senator. They are different flavors of the same candy. They fleece the American people, and they get paid for it. And that's what we've got. 
So we need yeah. a more unified we need a more unified viewpoint that doesn't think like, oh, well, I want the fucking do nothing Dems to suffer or like these fucking right wing idiots, blah, blah, blah. It's that <laughs> that dismissive tribal. It's so lazy. <sighs> and you can tell the people who wave that flag on the Internet, they never have a fucking article to that's worth anything to suggest. It's it, They just want their team to win. And they're destructive on both sides. I hate hearing people just root for their team on the Dems. I hate calls about diversity in a cabinet like he has the most diverse cabinet ever like i don't give a fuck are the qualifications for these people good like there's so much on the right yeah left, people no people are just blindly they're blindly following just because right. it's their side i mean i'll be completely honest for me my whole life i've always said this and this is what's been told to me my whole life is that everyone's a democrat until they make some money and they become a republican i just uh, for me That's there's something republicans love to say because it, it associate and here's what there's a, such a huge part of the gop that has no fucking money that aspires to have money they're like the socioeconomic equivalent of and uncle that, tom and that they're listen and listen, like, that's the truth, but it's the mentality. It's the mentality oh, yeah. that they bring to the table that's the difference. It's that instead of the sharing, let's share, let's share, let's share, it's more of go get, go get, go get, go get. Which mentality do you want for your son, for your child, the person who has their hand out or the person that can have the ability to put something in the hand? I so, mean, but what you're what you're doing there, that thought experiment, and what is what is significant about right wing dogma in general is most of the worldviews and viewpoints come down to the structuring other. I'm not some freeloader. I'm a guy who goes out and gets. You are defined by what you aren't. You need another person, an other, their existence and lesser than you status to even have an identity of a world all right no I, you want to know something I, li- I like the way that you said that no that's definitely true a lot of people they use their selves as a comparison to other people and they only feel good about themselves it, it's as if you, they wouldn't even exist if they didn't have another person to compare themselves to and be better than i mean well that's that's literally the aspect of social media that's how it exists oh, i mean it's a large part of it but and you know that's that's what comes down to that whole that right-wing side of things of like i'm gonna get mine i don't need a handout me i'm better because i don't rely on these things that's based on the very bottom of it is i'm better than you and that needs to be the case otherwise i wouldn't know who i am no i agree yeah i definitely agree oh man i think like i think we time warped because it's it's already been it's it's already 10 o'clock i uh I feel bad. You had me on for the first time, and I feel like I did a lot of talking. No, 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 no. I, no, but it's okay. good. It's good. No, you want to know what it is? Everyone always hears me talking so much, and it's just, it's almost refreshing to have another voice to, you know, to say things that are truly important that, like, people need to hear. I mean, this is 100% for all the Chads out there that aren't woke. I mean... Get woke, Chad. Watch some Joe Rogan. Take some DMT. Hit on a girl with dreadlocks. Live your fucking life, man. Oh, my God. I think that's the next Let's type of girl I have to date. Jesus Christ, a girl with dreadlocks. And longer oh, arm... That's a oh fine God, wine, my man. Listen, and longer do armpit hair than me. Don't do that to me. It'll fuck up our friendship a little bit. Any... any <laughs> one dreadlock, just one. Any, any girl with longer armpit hair than me, I'm in. I'm just going for it. So I used to... So I started dating uh, very progressive girls, hippie chicks, uh, young... And, you know, I'm from Massapequa. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd come back with these girlfriends and the guys would say shit about, like, she had, like, hair, she had armpit hair. We would get into it. And they're like, man, that's gross. You don't fucking like that going on and on? And my only comeback for that, and I, I've gotten more than a few stunned faces, is saying, you know, hey, man, you can't find a woman how she comes into the world attractive. What kind of a man does that make you? 
Fuck, dude. You you made me get silent. I I, yeah, I, I won't lie. Fucking man does that. Mean? Oh, you're a big tough guy. You can't even deal with a little muff. You I mean, like, what's the fucking problem here? Like, I know people yeah, that complain. I, mean, I know people that complain. I, 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 I just like. Oh, look at you. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'll be completely honest. Exact situation brings us back to this idea that like people are telling us what we should look like, how we should be, what media is telling us, and like. When you bring it back to the root of it, like, we only are believing this because we're told it. Like, why can't you just accept somebody for the way they are, like, the way they came out? I, I would leave you guys with this if we are winding down here. If this is a famous quote, and I can't properly attribute it, but culture is not a positive force. Culture is not kind to anyone. It is a corrective force. It is a billboard that tells you you need to be better. That is how culture culture mistreats all of us. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I look at it this way. If I shave down there and she doesn't shave down there, there's a fucking problem. I'll, that's all I'm saying. If I have but to shave and she... Because if, she, if I have to fucking shave and she doesn't have to fuck... You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. But you want to know something? That's your choice you make for yourself. You don't get yeah. to dictate... I'm always, I'm always shaved, man. I'm always shaved. You got to stay clean. You got to stay clean clean about hair and when it's yeah. not short and stubby it's quite soft i, I would invite you to some point in your life experience personally. the soft downy feeling of a woman's leg yeah. oh my god the personally, soft downy feeling this fucking guy, guy i'm sorry i would prefer i would prefer if a guy didn't shave so there you As, go like, asking you for no particular reason asking for a friend what about a light trim a well-managed trim, not stubbly and hard. Yeah, it's right. okay. no, 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 no. It's no it's it's, it's 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 ground zero is completely shaved and then slowly but surely hair from ground zero. So it's shaved. You give your you give your gooch a fade. I give the gooch a fade, bro. One thousand percent. Yo, you want to know something? My fucking gooch hair has a better tape up than I do. All right, bro. Yeah. That's all I'm Everybody's saying. Hair is looking like shit right now, by the way, because of fucking. Yeah, I can't go see a barber. I mean, I'm true. I'm truly lucky. My cousin's my cousin's husband is like a a fancy barber. So the only uh-huh. thing the only thing I have to do is drive out to Jersey, and I can get a nice little fresh cut. But it's a drive to fucking Jersey. No one likes Jersey. Nobody wants to go to fucking Jersey. Nobody wants I to. Unless you have to go somewhere everyone, else, you have to drive through Jersey. Yeah. Everyone should go back to like their initial, just like disgusting growing their hair like being a mess and unkempt and like that should that should just be the new norm Everyone I'm, could just be I'm already very attracted to that you give me a girl with wild hair and just like her body how it came into the world man i'm fucking eating it up buddy i'm eating it up that's awesome <laughs> i don't know man i i guess i guess i'm um I, I i'm stuck to this like uh this this specific way of i i don't know maybe maybe i'm crazy environment there's nothing wrong with that that I, is yeah, true i'm exactly. from where you are from and i understand completely completely uh i just i just you know new, God, I, new york girls man i don't know new york That's girls so cool. are crazy girls from different countries though like i i've i've talked to a couple of girls from like when i've traveled look, to look like alex's face was awesome she didn't like that she didn't like what what is girls from New York crazy? No, y'all, bitches from New York are the craziest bitches on the planet. Some are that I can't come out and be like, oh, that's not true. Be like, there's sometimes. No, no, I don't. I'm from New York. I love crazy. But we're tough as fuck. We are tough as fuck. Nah, y'all bitches are crazy. Nah, you bitches are crazy. I'm gonna tell you why. Always wanted an Italian 
like partner who will like throw plates at the fucking cupboards when she's mad. Like I, I I'm kind of in for that toxic passion. I don't know why, but I feel like it's romantic. No, I'll it's throw, dude. I'll it's not. Oh my god! It's I not, dude. Like, well, I, say that. I fucking I dated I dated a Polish chick and she threw shit and it was just fucked up, dude. It's all crazy. I don't want stuff thrown at me, but if you're willing to destroy some plates and make a mess because you passionately care about me, that's kind of romantic. I don't know, dude. You see, like for me, like I always try to explain to chicks, like if you hate someone, like if you actively do something in anger towards them, that's a type mm-hmm. of love. Like I hate to say it, like you don't actually do something. Like, hateful towards somebody else, unless you don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, I I think there's a difference between being hateful and being passionate about whatever the situation is. Have you guys ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes, Yes, love it. I I literally watch it every night. Officer Diaz and that great uh, Indian actor. um, Uh, Oh, the guy, the guy from, um, the the guy from, um, I'm from, um, the the league. league. The league. Yeah. Yeah, with Nick Kroll. So at at one point, uh Diaz is acting really crazy and jealous. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I was like acting like a crazy jealous mess. And he's like, Babe, what are you apologizing for? Jealousy is the hottest emotion. <laughs> it was this like take on it. And I thought that was fucking gold. Like it, there's something and to it. I yeah, and I think there's a different way to go about jealousy too. Like the girls that are so wrapped up in it and like their thought process is like, oh my God, they're cheating on me all the time. Like I have to go through their phone. I have to do all these things. Like that is not a healthy way to go about it. Like it's a natural thing to be jealous, but to go about it in a different way, like, like that is just to the extreme. Natural, natural jealousy is fine. It's, it's when you break that barrier of going through someone's phone, you know, stalking them. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Real love doesn't involve possession. We've been culturally trained. Oh to my God! Associate possession and love. Oh Jesus! Um, I know what he's gonna it's, say. It's it's a real thing. Say um, it. Every very very everyone. free love. I know, but but what I, all I mean to say is that you know, if you love a flower, do you pick that flower or do you let no. it grow? And I think if we were more focused, I'm New York, homie. Other, I pick that shit and eat oh, it. I know, I know, I know, bro. I got, dude. Trust me, I got that poison. <laughs> but this is what I know to be true, and to what I try to aspire to is that, like, you know, if your interest is another person's well-being first and foremost, that pure expression of love, then you want their growth above all things, and jealousy detracts from growth almost always. Um, out of the fear of loss, we keep our people how they are, where they are. Interesting. What, and so, you know, and I'm not, I'm not the love guru here. I've got it too. I also am from Massapequa. So it's, it's real, the possession thing and jealousy in general, I think is a very human thing, but I do know, or I believe at least that like the truth, like real, real love is not possessive and, and strives not to be possessive at the very least, if it can't be overcome. Yeah. I don't even think that people should be in like, person relationship unless like they are both yeah explain that to me again now explain that to me real quick so you want to date somebody you want to date a dude who's allowed to fuck a different girl too it's not like that i'm confused i'm losing my mind has any have have either of you ever been in uh like a truly open um relationship not not like sexually open no people don't want it i have and it's look. You don't get there with you don't get there easy. I didn't start like believing in this stuff until my heart had been broken multiple times. 
you know, and it stops breaking when you start thinking about it the right way. And there's, there's a freedom to it when you're, when you're, when you stop worrying about whether they're having more fun than you, or if they're going to leave you, this is jealousy, this is fear, this is not trust, right? These, these are the emotions we shouldn't feed. And you know that you are free and encouraged to make yourself happy. There's really nothing in that that has to run aground or have a problem. If you know that this person who you care about is having a wild night with that handsome guy who's been so charming, you've probably not been talking to her. Now, have you been skulking in a corner? Or have you, too, met this little pixie by a fireside that you're also interested in talking to? It's not competitive. It's just an expression of the moment and seeing what's out there and appreciating the people around you. There are plenty of people who walk that line. It is, however, it runs completely against our cultural upbringing and expectations of love. A hundred percent. I mean, I was about to say, yo, you just talked about, like, getting everybody that's married to just get a divorce right now. Like, that 50%, like, that 40%. Oh, it's not no, for everybody. I, I that's think, the other thing. I Some people it, don't want more than one partner. Yeah. And it's it's just for those people who feel that they have had relationships go badly. People they really love, but they just didn't want to be with just one person. Those people, need, you know, can find each other and have happiness and trust and a relationship in one another. And it's not always like a kinky, uh, like swingers, very objectified, sexually driven. Like there are, yeah. there are combinations and aspects of this that are totally about truly appreciating falling for people. Like imagine a place in life where you are both in love, romantic, intimate love, and able to fall in love. With somebody the else. Can hold yeah. the, the night could hold the excitement of falling for somebody enchanting and still have a partner back home. That supports you, and that's not for everybody. But it, I don't think that it's. I mean, that sounds that sounds problem. like that sounds like most married men that go out. No, because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, she's she's gerbily goggling. Both of you love each other physically. Uh huh. No. Coming in and out. And you trust that. No, no. America's not being kind right now. America's not kind. We gotta start over. I'm sorry. Come on, Verizon. I know. What the fuck? You know, I pay so much money for Fios, and this is what they do to me. And you want to know something? They're going to just send my call, get dealed with in China. It's not even like they're going to do the work and help me themselves. Uh, India. They, yeah, they India. India <laughs> Did your router turn the back on yet? Yeah. All right. I think you're back, Alex. Yeah, she's back. I'm back. Sorry. I missed your, uh, I missed your your question or your your whatever you were no, saying. No, I was just saying like obviously you do have to be on the same page with somebody else, and if you're not, and there's a guy in the or a girl in the relationship that's going out and cheating or whatever, like that's not the same thing as being in a relationship that you can be open with them and love them and be physical and emotional and like both trust each other. And it's not it's oh god it's it's just it's finding it's finding people that are gonna be okay with that is just insane like i don't think that that's possible it's not everybody Uh, dude and there's also versions of this that's like you can be completely straight up with somebody tell them that you're in an open relationship they know that and they could still be hurt i mean that's very possible it's happened multiple times the the major reason why in my getting older, I have stopped really pursuing open relationships is because I have experienced hurting somebody while being up front with them, having them hear the, you know, what I'm saying, what the nature of everything is and still have those hopes and expectations of otherwise. 
and it's irresponsible because I don't ever want to, you know, you can measure yourself and how you affect your partners, right? You how come she can't get back into this? People. How come she can't get back into this call? Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to answer her on a different device so that, mm-hmm. hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to be, in, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be smart here. Hey, you can't get back into that chat? Uh, maybe I can add you. Hold on. Wait, are you on with Matt still? Yeah, we're we're having a great conversation. You're missing out on it. Oh, great. All right, hold on. Oh, here, look, I can add you, sec. All right, there you go. I don't know, man. I'm I'm getting to this point, I guess, in my age where like I kind of want to settle down, like I want to find a girl, but like I'm also like I'm invested in trying to find something super crazy that's out there. You know what I mean? Like like me, like uh, an open relationship right now, I don't know if I'd have the sack to like actually deal with it. And I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say it like this. It's not that I get possessive over women that I date or anything like that. It's just like I don't see myself ever being okay with being with a girl who has no issue and I'm going to say it like this because this is how I think of it. It might not be how she's interpreting it, the relationship with the other person, but I just can't watch a girl that I'm fucking and care about get fucked by another dude. It's just not... Well, that's, well, that's, your, that's your prerogative, that's, and that's fine. It's totally fair, yeah. <coughs> Sorry. I don't think there's any... <laughs> He's got with, the like, Rona. No one, no one should ever be forced to like either be in a committed relationship or be in a relationship where you feel uncomfortable that somebody else is going out and hooking up with other people. It's your prerogative. It's what you feel is best for yourself. Just for me personally, like I'm okay with sharing the love. I mean, that's great and all, but I mean, to find another guy in Masa Pizza that's going to be okay with sleeping with you while you try and sleep with other dudes, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, we all moved to Maryland. <laughs> I, have to, I have to get out of here, but like any person that I've ever dated, it's not even been a question. Like I could never even bring that up because I know them too well and I know that that's not what they want and that's fine and I'm not going to go against that. I mean, it sounds like you're going after a type. I'm not going to cheat on anybody because of that, but if I find somebody that's willing to try it out at least and, like, do that and we both trust each other, then I'm fine with that too. Like, it really depends on who you're with and, like, what, you know, how comfortable you are. I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like a lot to give and a lot less to receive. It just sounds weird for me. I don't know. No, it's more for it, everybody. It, it, <laughs> it's more for it's less blue balls, like baby. Less blue balls. Good, it could bring a lot of good aspects like into your relationship. Like you you're thinking about it so negatively, like the repercussions of somebody going out and how what, enjoying, what? and enjoying someone talking or enjoying a physical contact with somebody else. That doesn't mean that they love you any less. Yeah. But if you're out there getting fucked by a hotter guy while I'm out there getting fucked by a hotter girl, like you're going to be just hotter. as jealous. It's not about better. Yeah. It's and not if there about, were about that. better. If there were better, they would be dating that person. No, 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 no. If there were better. Exactly. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. The acknowledgement is that there is nothing better than you, but you are not the only thing in this world that I want. Yeah. No, no. I, I hate and I get that. I get that. But but all of a sudden, we're going into this like new era of people. Like For, for me personally, I think this that- This has been around since the 70s, by the way. No, no, no. But, but no, 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 no. It's been around since the 70s, but who talks about open relationships 
like in full swing. Like what person out there that's well known that is and successfully pulled off an open relationship where the guy and the girl, well, even all right. Let's let's not even say America. We live in the prudest place in the world. I mean, dude, it's really not I mean, that prude. It's frowned upon for. It's, it's again, like I said, it's against every cultural, you know, footnote. It's 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 totally against the grain of how we are raised to believe relationships. Yeah, should be we're structured. we're raised in a culture that we are told you should be with one person and one person only. And if you're till death it do you part. Wrong, till death do well, you part. But why is it wrong? But why is it wrong? Because we're told it's wrong, not because we actually legitimately think it's wrong. Man, yeah, your happiness is your like. And this all really does come down to people's end. Like, you don't want that. Some people might want that. No, that's both true. Those are legitimate. Yeah, both of those are legitimate. You don't want a girl who has too much body hair, uh, and that's uh-huh. what you want, and that's that's valid. Nah, I could fuck it's with armpit valid. hair. I said I could fuck with armpit hair. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I didn't mean to pigeonhole you. you I'm sorry. I, I, you definitely, you definitely put me in a pigeonhole there. That wasn't very ladies, nice of you. Ladies, if you're if you're listening, if you have armpit hair, we're all here for you, and yeah. Jason will lick it. I mean, I won't lie. If it's for YouTube and it's for the gram, I'm in. You know what I'm saying? I'll I'll lick some fucking pubic hair. I don't give a fuck. This is gonna turn into a shock jock kind of show, isn't it? We're gonna have we're no. Gonna I mean, listen. Long. If you if you want, we can get completely raunchy right now. You want to turn up the fucking volume to fifteen thousand? I'm in. I just uh, the only thing I would say is I'll probably hop in a couple minutes only because I don't have my charger for my laptop up here and it's gonna die soon. No, that's fine. Yeah, no, no. And also, I feel like we should do like a part two of this and really get really get into it. Dude, yeah, likes and dislikes, and you know, that yeah. sounds like a, I'm I'm in for that smut. That sounds fun. Oh, uh, I'm a hundred. Like, listen, I'm a hundred percent for that. Should have you back. Relationships, I'm in. Oh yeah, I'm so there. I've got so much to say. No, listen, Matt. It was definitely awesome having you on. It was good seeing you again. Yeah, I'm happy. Thank you so much. I'm really happy that you're enjoying uh, your new. You know, like I get, I get. Well, not new, but like a different lifestyle in Maryland, man. I'm really hoping that that. Yeah, uh, it's very relaxed is nice and I mean, it's nice to be able to check in with you know anybody at this point but talking with you guys is a good slice of home i enjoy the fuck out of it oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure just listening to how stupid you know how stupid we're talking about crazy I'm, shit man i'm just sure i'm talking differently than i was before i started talking with you guys because my new york accent and all that doesn't really come out unless i'm rapping with somebody from home yeah no i was gonna say you yeah. definitely like you know what's awesome it's like that transformation like me when i go down to north carolina when i used to go down to visit my dad i swear i'd come back and i'd be talking a little southern because i just love that flair but now you know stars it's so much fun hallelujah so no you know it's just it's really nice and it's you know it's refreshing to get to catch up with people and listen man just if you can stay as safe as possible don't drive any extra you know don't touch people and uh listen i really hope to get you back on the show maybe you know well, me and alex will discuss it maybe we can try and get you back on next week or uh, the week after sure man yeah, I'll have a better camera yeah, or setup. Maybe, uh, or maybe I'll be in Maryland, and we yeah. can just do it all together. I'll have two mics and a camera, so that won't be an issue. Two yeah, girls, d- one cup, two mics, oh, one camera. Jesus Christ. <laughs> two girls, one cup, I won't lie. The first, oh the first... Can we not film that here? I don't want to film that here. The first ten <laughs> seconds... Whoa, who said anything about filming two girls, one I, cup? I thought we were talking about I don't know. I'm not no, filming. you said two... You said two Two mics, one camera, so yeah. I took it to the next level. Sorry, guys. You're all good. Yeah, no, you took it to a very... Right, but yeah, it was... Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, you guys. It was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, ho- I hope you enjoyed right. it, man. I, I hopefully, hopefully we didn't bore you or anything like that. And uh, all, no, I'd next time I'd be happy to join. Yeah, no, next time we'll definitely want to talk about relationships and how fucked up they can go and open relationships. That's definitely like an interesting topic, man. I'm oh, not, you know, I'm not a hundred. I can talk about a, I can talk about a few. So. All right, yeah, I'm no, I'm in, man. That's awesome. Listen again, Matt. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Of course, stay safe, guys. Thanks, man. All you right. too. You too. All right. And uh, that's it. The tits. Yeah, the tits episode five. Five episode five. The tits. Yo, Chad, stay woke, brah. Stay woke, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Thank you, guys.